Hey everyone and welcome back to the Grad Life podcast. Today I'll be chatting to Mark Nealon. Mark is currently a product manager at Intercom and has experience in Let's Get Checked and as a founder with his company My Study Path. Set to be a really interesting chat for anyone interested in a career outside of their current degree. I'm really looking forward to chatting to Mark. Hi Mark, how are you doing? Thanks so much for taking the time. Hey Shuka, how are you doing? Great to chat after both of our COVID delays. <laughs> I know, I know. Sign of the times, sign of the times. We got round to it eventually. Um, so I think I'll begin probably by taking it right back to your time in UCD um, because you studied probably what some people would consider maybe an unconventional degree to where you are now as a product manager, although full disclosure, I know very little about the role of product manager. So I'll be very interested in getting into that later. But tell me a bit about your decision to study biomedical science um, and how you found that shaped where you are now. Yeah, so a bit of context is it wasn't really a deliberate decision. Um, when I was in school, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Um, and my reasoning behind this was probably twofold. Um, one, I loved life science, and two, I loved interacting with people. Um, and I definitely had this false perception that any job that involved sitting at a desk meant that you weren't interacting with people. Um, so basically, no one could tell me otherwise that there was any sort of career for me other than medicine. And I didn't have a backup plan, really. Like plan A was medicine, and plan B was basically try for medicine again while doing biomedical science. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure everyone can guess, I didn't get the leaving cert points. Um, and that was really tough to take because, you know, mm. like so many across the country, I put like blood, sweat and tears into leaving cert. Yeah. And a lot of us are brought up being told like, oh, if you work really hard at something, you'll get it. And that didn't happen. Um, so yeah, I kind of, once I dragged myself out of my pity party and went and studied biomedical science in UCD uh, and ended up just really, really enjoying it and mm. uh, made some lifelong friends, got exposed to some really, really interesting areas. And um, so to answer your question, the, the the decision to study biomedical science was kind of chosen for me, but looking back, I yeah. wouldn't change the thing. And it's kind of funny how that is, because I feel like a lot of people, when you come to college, you think everyone's there because they love whatever they're doing. But a lot of people, I'd say the majority nearly have ended up there by default. Um, but often they're the people who end up loving their course most. Um, so, you know, I feel like the saying it's always meant to be is kind of rings true to that. Um, and I suppose, so studying biomedical science is probably very different or people studying it probably go down, I'm guessing the science route, maybe some eventually do the GAMSAT and go down grad med. So how did you kind of figure out that wasn't something for you? Or how did you figure out that maybe you wanted to pivot towards another role or use your degree in the broader sense? Yeah, so I was probably lucky in that I went into my degree with like a very open mind as to what I'd end up doing afterwards. So I realized very, very quickly, like within the first two or three months of doing biomedical science, that I didn't want to be a doctor. Uh, so I kind of had very, very open eyes as to as to what was next. I think a lot of people go into degrees and they have like their whole like next 10 years of their life planned out and I didn't. And um, so in terms of how I actually fell into what I'm doing now, um, it was definitely from my startup and my startup, you know, I never intended to found a tech company. I was yeah. in a company or like it was going to be like a business to help people manage their study. And then it kind of turned into a tech company. And um, so I never made like a, a conscious decision to get into tech. It kind of just happened as, as shit as an answer as that is. Yeah. And um, kind of just kind of, you know, rolling with things and seeing where you end up. Yeah, and that's interesting that you brought up StudyPal because it's something I definitely wanted to touch on because you are or you were, and you I think any founder would probably oh is always going to consider themselves a founder. 
you obviously have an entrepreneurial streak in you um, from that point of view. So how, I suppose, did that journey go to founding StudyPal? Was it something you always knew that you had in you, that you always knew you wanted to grow a company? T- talk me through that a bit. Yeah, so I think a lot of people around me would have said yes, but, you know, certainly in my teenage years, um, I wouldn't have thought so. Like, I remember mm. my dad would always tell the story that when I was like two, um, sorry, you can hear Slack in the background, I better mute that. Um, I'm on my work laptop. Um, but uh, he like would always tell the story of how um, when I was a kid, I'd like stand at the door and charge my grandparents to come in the front door. Yeah. Um, and like a lot of like my friends from school would have said like, oh, you'd be wasted in medicine. Like that's not where your skill set is. But I was just so dead set on doing it. Um, so uh, in terms of how I ended up doing study pal, to, to come back to the question, um, I didn't, it, it was kind of just like, it, like study pal started as I'm going to do some like, you know, one-to-one consulting to help people make study timetables with, um, mm-hmm. with pen and paper. And then I realized it was like a much bigger problem um, and that, in order to scale the problem, I could, you know, make it uh, like a, a tech company. And um, so to kind of come back to that earlier, it was never a conscious, I'm going to start a tech company. It was like, a, oh, I kind of understand how to solve this problem manually. Uh, and then it turned into a tech company to, to solve it scalably. Yeah. And I suppose that gave you probably you described it as a tech company. So I suppose from an early stage in your university life, you kind of had an insight into I suppose the ins and outs of, of running a tech company, what it meant to be in a tech company. I know probably from a smaller scale, but I suppose I think for a lot of people and definitely myself included as a law student, tech companies almost seem like a very, you don't really know what they are, what they do, the roles, the even the, for, for example, what you're doing, product manager. I feel like a lot of jobs, you know what they are, what they do is what they say in the tin, but maybe for tech people might think that that job isn't going to be applicable to them as graduates would you agree or how do you think you know you were like yes I want to be a product manager yeah so this is definitely a function of the tech industry not really marketing itself very well at graduate level and because a lot of people end up in tech but they do like you know maybe consulting or investment banking or marketing before they end up in tech as a analyst or as a marketing professional um like doing their kind of their their industry vertical but within a tech company and so you know there's so many types of roles within tech obviously the obvious ones are like software engineering and but there'd be like especially in dublin there'd be huge um sales and marketing offices yeah and so like you you might start off doing sales in a completely non-tech field and end up in tech sales and there'd be a lot of operations roles and then other areas like product people tend to do a few years elsewhere and like Mm -hmm. a a lot of people i'd work with would do you know two or three years in the consulting and then move into a product role and so it's kind of um forget what question i'm I'm answering but uh it's certainly something that isn't marketed very well um, yeah in in the college days yeah no and i think probably a lot of people would i don't think a lot of people go into tech companies who maybe didn't do something like computer science at undergrad now it could be generalizing but um so going on from that because you kind of mentioned product management and product being a product manager could you kind of tell me about what that means because I'm sure I'm not alone and not really knowing like having heard about it but not really knowing what it is that you do as a product manager yeah so to be honest like even after I'd done two years in tech through my study file I still didn't even really know what a product manager was um, and that's definitely a symptom of 
the role of a product manager being quite different depending on what company you're in. Um, but I'll kind of take a step back, give you an idea of what a kind of a product development process looks like in a tech company, and then give yeah. you an idea of where a product manager fits into that. So ultimately, like the goal of a product development process is to build a feature or to make changes to existing features which are going to solve a customer problem, which in turn is going to positively change customer behavior, which in turn will deliver positive commercial outcomes. And um, so what the role of a, of a product manager is, it's to translate the kind of like the company vision um, into the product strategy, which will also, which will ultimately deliver that vision. Um, and in, in terms of how as product managers, we come up with that vision is, is a mixture of art and science. Um, so there's kind of three or four key areas that we focus um, on. One is insights. Um, so these insights come primarily from uh, customer interviews. Um, so you know, we'll spend a few hours a week interviewing customers, building up empathy for them and the, and the problems that they need to have solved with our product. Uh, there'll be quantitative insights. So you know, most of us will be quite good with, um, with, with kind of analytics and say writing SQL. Um, and then we'd also partner with, say, the data science team who, who'd look at a bit more of the deeper insights uh, and then like market and competitor insights, looking at how the market's evolving and where our competitors are investing and where our opportunities for differentiation are. Um, so we'll synthesize those three inputs essentially um, into developing that kind of understanding of our users uh, and then translating that into, um, into, into strategy. Um, but I think, you know, the word manager and the product manager job title is, is quite misleading because I'm not managing people, I'm managing the product. Um, yeah. So I don't have any authority over people around me. Like, you know, I, although I'm leading a team of engineers, designers and researchers, I can't wake up one day and be like, sorry, guys, we're going to do something else. And um, yeah. so my role is to write like really, really structured, uh, clear and convincing strategy documents uh, and deliver really, really strong comms and to deliver or to drive alignment between myself and you know executive leadership as to why the strategy i'm proposing makes sense um, and then we'll work with the team to, to actually execute on that strategy so you know we're not going to build something in a dark room for six months and then release it out to the world we're going to um yeah. it out in small chunks so that we can learn um as fast as possible yeah um, and then also we're responsible for kind of delivering on the outcomes of the project so we'll identify what the metrics are both kind of like product metrics and what the kind of bottom line PL implications of the changes are so we're ultimately kind of accountable and responsible for the success or failure um yeah of, uh, of the product and to me that kind of sounds like something that you know you definitely have a lot of responsibility and you probably it seems to me sounds like something that you need very strong people skills and teamwork oriented skills um like would you agree do you think if you kind of really like working with people and like having that responsibility but also I suppose a bit of creativity that something like product management is something you should look into or what do you think are the three things say that if you like in college but you're not really sure where to go how would yeah. you yeah and it's definitely one of those jobs where the soft skills are you know much much more important than the hard skills like yeah. don't get me wrong there's, there's definitely hard skills you need to have you need to be very very commercially savvy and strategic you know you need to be it's kind of like being an internal management consultant where you know what the company wants to do and it's your job and figuring out what strategy is going to deliver on that company vision and um, you need to be super analytical both from a quantitative and a qualitative angle so i kind of talked about some of the quantitative skills you need to have but qualitatively you need to have quite strong emotional intelligence to understand what people are saying to you and being able to draw outcomes on 
based on what they're saying, how they're saying it and, and what they're not saying. And you do need to be slightly technical um, as well. Like you, yeah. you don't need to be technical to the level of an engineer, but you need to understand how, you know, the fundamentals of, of technology work. But to kind of echo your point, it, it's certainly work, like the soft skills are much, much more important. Um, it's, a, it's a role where you can piss a lot of people off if you go about your business the wrong way. Um, uh, so yeah, soft skills wise, I think, you know, a lot of jobs will say this, but communication skills are, are pretty vital and um, because you need to be able to convey really complex issues really clearly and concisely. Um, and you're essentially a storyteller, like you're trying to persuade leadership that your strategy is the winning strategy. You're trying to get your team excited about what they're building um, and helping them understand why they're building it. And it's, yeah, it's kind of like a professional storyteller. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's um, a good way of putting it even like, because um, I feel like a lot of people like can get caught up in the jargon and, you know, deciphering what exactly it means to be one. But even to me, when you say, okay, I'm a professional storyteller, I'm kind of like almost intrigued by the role and I want to know more. Um, so, you know, I feel like even the fact that you're able to equate product managers to storyteller leads me to believe that you this job definitely is suited to your skills if you know it's about marketing and persuading um because you've done a good job even with that word of persuading me about product management um but yeah so I know now obviously you're an intercom but you started your career probably in let's get checked would you say or would you say it goes even further back or when do you think was that moment you were like I want to be a product manager yeah, like so I I've done two years in study pal, two and a half years in study pal, and I, I definitely realized what I liked and what I didn't like about that role. Um like what I liked was I, I loved having a really steep learning curve. I, I'm one of those people that gets really bored really quickly. So I couldn't do a job that had kind of a similar day to day. Um and I really enjoyed the speed of tech. Um yeah. And then, you know, given my background was biomedical science, I was just chatting to Let's Get Checked about any role, really. And um, it was kind of I, the role I was actually talking about doing for a few weeks in there was actually reporting to the COO and trying to figure out how we drive efficiencies in our dispatch and manufacturing process. Mm -hmm. um, and the chief people officer at the time was like, Mark, I think your skill set is much more aligned to um, to product management and after speaking to one of the pms in let's get checked i was kind of sold on the idea because it had yeah. you know a lot of aspects that i liked about study pal um, so yeah it was uh it was never a conscious decision or like an aha moment to become a product manager uh, it just kind of you know it's skill set aligned to kind of what i wanted to do later on in my career um, yeah. and had a lot of the aspects that i liked about study pal and I feel like that's probably good advice in general I know you maybe didn't mean it as advice but I think you know when you're in college you tend to like pigeonhole yourself into what you think you're good at rather than maybe listening to people around you or going into an experience but not necessarily wanting to take out of that experience that I'm going to be x you're kind of like you should maybe look at it more you know I'm going to learn what I'm good at and then look what those skills that I'm good at would make me good at as a job or was that something you'd agree with uh, from a from kind of college figuring out what I was good at yeah or even from like you said you went into study pal or not study pal you went into let's get checked you know thinking you were going to be one thing but after yeah. talking to people and them nearly telling you what your skills were um realizing it was something else like not yeah you shouldn't I, pick I and pull yourself 
sorry, I think my line went bad a bit there. Yeah, like completely. And I think a lot of people kind of finish college and expect, you know, I'm going to have this epiphany moment as to what I'm good at and exactly what I want to do. Um, and that rarely, rarely happens for people. Uh, and a lot of people like will take a year out doing masters and in the hopes that epiphany moment will come uh, after their masters. Um, but yeah, it, 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 kind of takes a bit of self-awareness and a bit of reflection to go, okay, I might absolutely hate my job at the moment, but what's the 10% of my job that I really enjoy? Uh, and is there a career that, you know, that 10% is, is a bigger percentage of the job? And um, what I'd say to people, if they, you know, have no idea what they want to do is join an early stage startup because the, like, you'll have much more of an area of ownership and you'll get to, you know, wear lots of hats and, and work across different departments and that's kind of like the ultimate way to figure out what you're good at um, and what you enjoy um, so yeah certainly don't pigeonhole yourself too early like I nearly did it accidentally with medicine um, but uh, yeah we, we kind of have this saying in Intercom to have to like have really really strong opinions but to hold them really loosely um, because there's always going to be stuff that comes up that you don't expect and you have to be able to kind of pivot your opinion um, based on what comes up yeah and even like speaking from we had will o'brien in the podcast uh, my last guest and you know it was interesting to chat to him because you know he he was also selling the startup and having worked in zip for just a summer like i think that experience gave me more than you know i'll probably ever get in my whole life i know that's a dramatic thing to say it I'm 22 but you know I think you learn so much in a startup um and I can only imagine how much you learned as a founder and how much that has stood to you um today um so we've kind of you know chatted through your decision to study in college to study biomed and then where you are now let's get checked but would you like to tell me a bit about what exactly a typical day looks like for you maybe like not even the nine to five but now that you're an intercom what are three things that stand out to you as being the best thing about your job? Um, great question. Um, I'd say I get to work with a lot of very interesting people um, and you get to work across nearly every department of the company. Like I remember when I was leaving Let's Get Checked and they were putting together like a thank you card for me. Like there was a couple of people who remarked like, who didn't you work with in the company? Um, because you know, you're kind of like the focal point of a lot of things that happen. Like a lot of things go through you, therefore you, you end up working with a lot of people. Um, so in, in terms of like where my day is split, it, it's basically nearly the majority of which is based around people. So I'll probably spend 10% of my time in one-to-ones and that could be with other product managers who I work with closely. It could be my boss who's one of the directors of products, could be with the product marketing team about upcoming launches, figuring out how we're going to, you know, spread the word and um, thread our customers base, thread our customer base and thread the market about, you know, new releases, could be working with my engineering team to figure out how we're executing against the project plan, et cetera, et cetera. Um, probably 10% of the time in group meetings um, with, you know, other product managers in the group uh, discussing like group strategy, probably another 10% working with my engineering team um, itself. Um, but kind of the, to come back to three things and the bulk of my time is working on kind of those inputs to the strategy I was talking about earlier. So qualitative customer insights, quantitative behavioral insights and what the market and our competitors are doing. Um, and then the other 25% uh, probably have my math wrong there um, is just writing documents um, like depending on what stage you are at the project. Uh, so I think I've answered the question. I'm not 100% sure if I have. Correct me if I haven't. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I think you've given me a good insight anyway. Um, and, you know, that's, I'm somebody who didn't know anything about product management. So, you know, you achieved, 
in my eyes what what I wanted to know um, and I suppose so briefly we touched on earlier about maybe the fact that tech companies aren't the most you know not warm but they're not if you study something like law or commerce or you know biomed even something that traditionally maybe wouldn't necessarily go into a tech role but you maybe think you might have a proclivity towards it can you what would you recommend to those students how do you think it's what's the best way do you think to learn more about tech companies or maybe to choose a tech company or to learn more about what role you think might suit you do you think that would be internships reaching out to people um what's what's kind of your take on that yeah so the first thing i'd do is figure out how your skill set aligns to tech I'll, I'll, I'll approach this in two sections one figuring out how you figure out what role in tech works for you and then two figuring out how to actually pick a tech company um, and, and how to get in so one i'd say on the first bit is figuring out how you are aligned to tech is look at your skill set um, and see where it aligns in terms of roles within tech companies so you know if you were to take my degree in biomedical science and um, it probably on the face of it has nothing to do with tech and it doesn't to a degree but like the skills you learn um, in biomedical science are completely applicable to tech so like the ability to problem solve think super critically about information synthesize large amounts of data into logical conclusions learning how to experiment like these are all skill sets that you'll need as like a product manager in a tech company but on the face that might not be obvious so you need to identify what they are and to be able to kind of bring that to to you know uh, interviews or when you're talking to people about why you want yeah. to get into tech or you think you're suited to it so think critically about kind of how your past experiences are applicable to tech and um, in terms of actually picking a tech company um it's kind of like a mixture of art and science um because they are not the best at marketing themselves um what i'd say is you know, when you're picking a, a tech company, it's, it's going to be very dependent on what stage that company's at. Um, but first and foremost, you know, find a company that's either doing something you're super interested in or is going to teach you a skill set that you're confident will set you up quite well in the future. Um, and aside from looking at a company, find a manager because you're going to learn probably much more from your manager than you are from an actual company. Um, so if I was giving advice to you know students who are trying to figure out what tech company do I want to join, um, if it's an early stage company, just go in, go at it from a skill set pers perspective. If it's a later stage company, uh, you need to be a bit more tactical about it um, because in tech, just for context, a, a lot of your uh, remuneration will be made up in equity. Um, so you kind of have to put on like a, an investor hat to figure out what company would I invest in if I was an investor, because you are essentially in investing your money, even though the money isn't in your hands right now. Um, so, you know, if you're joining like a series A company, ask them for their pitch decks, ask them, you know, questions like an investor would ask them and ask yourself whether you um, believe in the vision of that company. Um, and later stage companies, you can obviously look at stuff like revenue growth, um, you know, what their valuations are, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then the other super interesting way of figuring out what tech companies are good to look uh, to work at is, is go and look at their employee churn. Um, so there's actually a feature on LinkedIn. If you go to a company's page, uh, you can actually see what the median tenure is for employees within the company. Uh, so obviously if the median tenure of a company is like one year, it's a bit of a red flag. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's something that's quite difficult to get right. But if you talk to the right people, it, they'll give you kind of much more in-depth advice um, than I can ever give on a podcast in terms of what to look out for. Yeah, I think that's, as we come to the end of the podcast, you know, a nice... A nice even I've learned something from that like I think you know 
it's all well and good googling and looking at things in the abstract but probably reaching out to people within the company is you know key because they're you know they always say the golden question at the end of an interview is to ask the person what's retained you what's made you stay um and I feel like applying that logic then you need to go to people within the company before you even apply if you're really serious about you know wanting to choose your job from you know the perspective that you want to really like it and you want to know enough about it before you you join that company um 100 so yeah. and like most tech companies actually have referral programs where if i was to refer someone in i'd get a nice you know cash bonus in my next okay, paycheck yeah. so people are always like in tech people are always happy to chat because it's not just out of the kindness of their heart there's, there's yeah for the monetary reward if they refer people in uh, so yeah. don't be afraid to people at all yeah and if you could I suppose give one nugget of advice to yourself or so yourself when you're in college so current students now what would that be even from the terms of I know we haven't spoken about this but from even like a work-life balance point of view from you know it can be anything it can be anything um god that's the golden question yeah uh, I'd say probably make sure that work doesn't kind of become your identity and, and make sure yeah. you're prioritizing time for family and friends. And, and that's something that's really, really tough if you're quite, you know, career driven. Um, and it's something that's taken me, you know, a very, very long time to get right. I've made so many mistakes in the area uh, and it's probably only something I've started to get right in the last few months. Um, I think, you know, I made a lot of kind of both conscious and unconscious sacrifices early in my career, which, you know, frankly paid dividends career wise. Um, but, you know, I'd missed out on a lot of kind of the social aspects that comes with being in your late teens, early 20s as a result. Um, so what I'd say is if you're, if you're quite an ambitious person um, career wise, it's, it's super easy for work to be kind of like the focal point of your life. Um, but what I can promise you is that like the dopamine rush that you get from being promoted and you know updating your LinkedIn to your new fancy job title, it gradually decreases over time to the point where you really don't care. Um, and I'm glad I realized that now and not like 10, 20 years down the line, because I've chatted to people who, you know, are, are 10, 20 years my senior and they say that they massively regret um, prioritizing their career so much in their early 20s um, and wish they'd made more time. So, yeah, like the, there's uh there, there's benefits career-wise of working 60 70 hour weeks um but my advice would be like yeah like look at it's healthy to want to be you know promoted and, and reach your career goals but if you are making that decision to put work first um make sure you're comfortable with the per personal and you know social sacrifices that go along with that yeah well i think that's you know i mean i think that's something probably that isn't spoken about enough because you know when you sign the contract you know in whatever field you are committing say you know a year two years of hard work and you know I think people almost forget they're like yeah I'm going to post this on LinkedIn wherever I'm going to you know my friends family are going to be so proud of me but you know there are ramifications to that and you know at the end of the day you have to be happy with you know yourself and who you surround yourself with so I think that's very sage advice um from you know realize it probably before it's too late and you haven't spent 20 years working and you know you're too old to like travel the world um but yeah so thank you very much mark um and yeah i think we all i definitely learned a lot about product manager um so yeah thank you cool thanks for having me on Shaper.